49ers fans. It's 49ers fangirl Tracy here as always with SoCali Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. We have a very special guest today. Eric Branch is joining us. Hi, Eric. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on. I'm excited to hear uh, your thoughts and your take on everything that, that's going on. Uh, you know what? Let's start with the NFL's NFL owners meeting that was this week. And Eric, I just wanted to get your take on the relevant 49er and really relevant NFL issues that came up this week that will affect uh, the 49ers and fans. Well, I think uh, we can discern from that um, and what has led up to that in free agency that we uh, we look <laughs> at a team in you know serious rebuilding mode. Um, you know, Trent Baalke, of course, has asked the, the question everyone's been asking the last two weeks: What are the Forty ers doing? Um, you know, I think as everyone knows, their free agent signings have consisted of uh, Fad Lewis, a tight to be a third string quarterback. Um, and Zane Beatles, who replaces Alex Boone, um, and you could say they, they kind of probably downgraded in, in that department with that swap. Um, so he said, you know, well, we're not doing much, and we're a draft and develop team. Uh, so, I mean, he spelled it out. They are, you know, they have 12 draft picks, and that is the way they're going to, you know, you know, attempt to rebuild the roster. Um, but you know. Uh, it's going to take some time, and I, you know, I think the message is is being sent that, you know, do not uh, you know, plan on printing playoff tickets in 2016, um, and, and you know maybe their their idea is to be competitive in 2017. But if you look at this roster, it, it's really hard to see how even with a stellar draft, um, you know, get, given the uh, you know they're playing in the NFC West. Uh, it's very hard to squint your eyes and see how this team is, you know, uh, 500 or better. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think if this team goes 500 next year, personally, I'd be thrilled. I would consider that a massive improvement, which what a difference two years makes. They went 500 two years ago when we were all up in arms. Um, so I would agree with that. Steph, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's kind of good that the 49ers are still are actually coming to terms with the fact that it is a rebuild, and I like that they are cognizant of it now. It seemed like they were in denial for so long that I'm happy they're seeing it. I do think this is a make-or-break year for Trent Balky to see what he's going to do, and um, it's really on his shoulders at this point, you know, as the evaluator of talent and if they're going to do it through the draft and develop that talent he's got to make sure not only that he picks the right players but he picks the right coaching staff that can truly develop the players i think they have underestimated coaching in the past so i'm really hoping that they get that part right and you know like eric said i don't think that the 49ers will be going to the super bowl uh but if they start to build again, I think it can really improve, and I'm really hoping they they make some really good picks, and I'm hoping they find um, teachable players. Yes, and that they now have a teachable coaching staff, mm-hmm. or coaching staff that can teach players, um, a competent, experienced coaching staff. Um, 
that I think will teach players. And basically what I'm looking for in this team is improvement. I mean, last year, I think I talked about this a lot. It wasn't just the losing. It was the lack of improvement. And not only did they seem to not improve in many ways, they seemed to regress as the season went on. Um, so if I see improvement out of this team, I will consider it a major, major positive. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of rebuilding in the draft, there's been a rumor circulating, and I don't know how much um, credit I, I give it, but that the 49ers would potentially attempt to trade up to get the first pick in the draft. Eric, what do you think? I feel like that would mean they'd have to give up so much, but I'm not, and I don't think they have that much to give up. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't see that because, you know, as we just discussed, I mean, all the signs are to pointing to this draft and making the most out of 12 draft picks. And, you know, unlike in previous years when they had 10, 11, 12 draft picks, and you say, well, they just don't have room on the roster for all, all those guys, um, which, you know, that led them to take guys with ACL injuries that they could redshirt, and, you know, that strategy didn't pay off, but, you know, anyway, their loaded roster kind of explains why they made some of those picks. I mean, this year, you know, you're not going to take, uh, you know, a defensive line and like Tank Yardine coming up for an ACL in the <laughs> second round. You, you're going to need a guy to, to, you know, actually come in and, and contribute. So you're right, even for to move up six spots from seven to one, I mean, that's going to require quite a haul. I mean, that's obviously you're giving up the number seven. You're probably giving up an, uh, a future first round pick, uh, probably at least a second round pick in there. And, um, you know, that's just not, would not seem in keeping with the strategy they've kind of spelled out to the public. So I don't see that. Now, the only, I mean, I guess way you could see why it would make sense is if they say, okay, uh, you know, Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback, and he is the only franchise quarterback that we see in this draft. And, you know, then I think you could justify saying, hey, we're going to give up a lot because, you know, if you don't have that guy in place, you're probably not going anywhere. Um, and then you say, hey, you know, we'll get our franchise quarterback, which is a must-have piece, and, and then we'll go from there. So, you know, if that's their thinking, I could see moving up six spots, but uh, I, I, I'm dubious of that happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite dubious as well. Do you think they will try to trade up at all, maybe get the number five pick? You know, I, I, I could see that, you know, a little more modest move. I mean, I think Balky did that what, with the first-round pick to get Anthony Davis uh, in, in 2010. Granted, they weren't up at, uh, in the top ten, uh, so it didn't cost quite as much. But yeah, I mean, if they see... You know, I, I could see them being in love with a guy like DeForest Buckner or, or Miles Jack, who has an ACL injury. So, you know, they must be in love with Miles Jack. Jim um, Balky never saw an ACL injury he didn't like. Never met one. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I could certainly see that because I don't think guys, you know, Buckner or Jack, who I think they both make a lot of sense uh, for the 49ers or really any team. Um, you know, I, I can see I can see them doing doing something like yeah that, that yeah. Steph, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think that they're gonna. It's just gonna require too much for the first pick 
to, and they need so much that they really need all the picks they can get. Um, I guess it is possible that they go up a couple if they find somebody that they really want and they're willing to go after them, but just don't see them getting trading for the first pick. And, and at this point, I don't want them to because there's so many needs. I feel like at seven, they're going to win regardless <laughs> of, you know, where they pick because there's there's so many holes on the team that need to be shored up. So I think that um, they should stay put, but, you know, I'm not in charge, clearly. <laughs> but um, I, I don't see any truth to it. I don't, I don't think it's, it's going to happen. I think that they're going to find and they're going to pick the best person available at that spot unless there's somebody like a glaring need, like, uh, you know, like Miles Jack, someone that I could see. But at the same time, I think they're willing to roll the dice and see who's there at seven. Well, and there's so many glaring needs that they could, they really, as you said, they will do well with whoever they get at seven. I, I would say probably the most, well, you know, standing pad is probably the most likely scenario. I would put number two trading back. Trent Balke loves, loves, loves to compile uh, draft picks. And, you know, they, they have so many needs, but wide receiver is clearly one of them. Um, I think Torrey Smith and Jerome Simpson are the only guys on their roster. Wide receiver or tight ends, for that matter, with more than more than forty career catches, um, and Jerome Simpson is guaranteed to make that fifty-three man roster. So, I mean, you can take training back and going for Juan Treadwell, who's the consensus number one wide receiver. Uh, they have no pass rush. Uh, you know, maybe trading back. Uh, you know, not too far, but you can still probably get Shaq Lawson um, from Clemson. So, uh, again, I think standing pat's probably what they do, but. Uh, I would, the, my wrap-up pick is trading back, um, and you know, geez, <laughs> by the end of this, maybe Trent Balky makes seventeen picks. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, it, it, it's a good point. I mean, even though I would hate to see it, because I really want, like, I want them to get a wide receiver first and foremost I feel like that's something that is definitely needed I want somebody big and strong that can go up and help the quarterback and make plays a playmaker so but at the same time Trent's just not the type to overreach so he'll he at least will if he can get him down he might trade back and get another pick for it and try to you know do that way so that's a good point because I even though I don't want that to happen, it probably will. <laughs> well, what does Jed York call him? Trader Trent. <laughs> so you never you never know with Trader Trent. Um, speaking of wide receiver, this is a little off topic, but Eric, have you heard anything on DeAndre Smelter and what's going on with him? Speaking of ACL injuries uh, and wide yeah, receivers, ACLs. Um, no, and I, but I think, you know, he's a guy, I believe it was November of, what, 2014 that he had his ACL injury at Georgia Tech. Um, all indications were, you know, he was rehabbing well and, on you know, uh, everything was at, on schedule last year. Of course, we never hear anything different. Everything, Everyone's rehabbing well and it's always on schedule. Uh, so, I, you know, I think he's the guy, I mean, Chip Kelly is, is on record saying he likes big you know, physical uh, wide, wide receivers who, who can, you know, 
kind of deal with uh, man-to-man coverage and go in kind of jump balls. So Smelter, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly mentions. I, I just, you know, I think he's you know somewhere in the 6'4", 227 range. At least that's what he's listed when he was drafted. Um, so, you know, he, you know, he's an incredible athlete. Uh, you know, he actually went to Georgia Tech as a, a played play baseball as a pitcher. Um, so, you know, I think he's an intriguing um, you know, possibility as far as a, a guy that you know could could make an impact in his first uh, season in the NFL. But as far as any hard news or you know where he is, I, I don't have that. But I would expect him to be ready to participate in the offseason program April fourth. And I think if he's not ready, that's concerning. Because mm-hmm. he, I think he may have the potential to be a little bit of a sleeper pick that pans out well. So that could just be um, false hope and optimism. But I, like you said, he is such a great athlete. If he is healthy, he does have potential to fill that role well. Yes, and he would he would become Trent Pelkey's only, you know, ACL pick, uh, you know, that actually uh, works out. I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, the guys who fall under that category, you know, Mar- Marcus Lattimore and, and, and Tank Carradine and, and Trey Millard, and I'm sure I'm missing about seven, but, um, <laughs> you know, I can't think of a guy that it's, you know, worked out, uh, you, you know, the current off these pick, but, you know, I, I do think Smelter might have a chance. And that's, you know, we talk a lot about it with the Trent Balky and the ACL thing, and, and we joke about it. Just and maybe this is a dumb question, but what do you think that's about? Do you think it is that they had a loaded roster all those years, and it was just we'll take a chance and see how it goes? What do you think this is? Because it is kind of odd. I, yeah, I think I think it is because, and again, I, I don't think they had at least ten picks in, in two thousand twelve to start the draft. I think we ended up using seven, but uh, two thousand thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Um, they did have at least 10 draft picks going into the draft. And I think if you looked at the roster, maybe not so much 2015, but you could say, geez, you know, we're going to have to, you know, probably cut, you know, the you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. You know, there's just no place to put them. So I think given that, it made sense. You know, not many teams were loaded like the 49ers uh, were and could afford to take that chance. Hey, we'll just stash this fourth-round pick, this third-round pick, uh, you know, on IR, and, you know, he'll come back, you know, a year later and be ready to contribute. Uh, so I think on paper, it was a sound strategy, um, but, you know, the fact is obviously – uh, it hasn't worked out for them. And, you know, in Lattimore's case, obviously, it was because of the injury um, that he wasn't able to ever play in the NFL with Tank Carradine. I think the argument could be made. Um, his injury certainly hasn't helped him. He had a follow-up procedure after his first year in the NFL on his knee, uh, kind of a cleanup is what we were told. Um, but, you know, he, he that's a second-round pick, Um who has had really no impact. So it could be a case he's just not, uh, you know, a good NFL player, but I think, you know, his knee probably has factored into the way his career has gone thus far. Fair enough. Well, switching gears a little, um, Eric, you wrote a story on Chip Kelly and Kaepernick, and 
um, talking about how Chip Kelly talks a lot about the injuries, but some of Caps Works games, especially game three and you know week three against Arizona, came pre-injury. Um, and I'd love to get some more thoughts from you about that and about where you think they stand trade-wise and is Cap still demanding to get out? Well, yeah. I guess for starters, the first thing you mentioned there, you know, Chip Kelly has said more than once this offseason, you know, when people say, well, what's wrong with, with Cap, Chip? Well, he's, and he, you know, he says, and it sounds reasonable on the surface, he says, well, he was injured, you know. This is a guy that had three surgeries, uh, you know, since late November. And, uh, you know, so he, would, he was playing hurt. Uh, and everyone forgets that. And so, well, it, you know, again, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's a fair point. But then, you know, if you examine that, um, it's a, it is a small sample size, but in Kaepernick's first three starts when he was you know, presumably healthy, uh, he hurt his shoulder. That was his first significant injury uh, in week four against the Packers. But he had um, a lower pass rating in those first three starts, I think it was around 73, than he did in his next five starts when he, he was dealing with at least one injury. Um, we, I think it got up to an 84 pass rating. But, I mean, part of it is not just the stats, it's just kind of the eye test. I mean, anyone that saw, any 49er fan uh, that saw week three against Arizona, um, you know, would like to forget it, but, but, but probably can't. It's in their nightmares. Um, I mean, it was just a historically awful performance. He, he was uh, 9 of 19 for 67 yards and four interceptions. Um, and, you know, historically, <laughs> I won't bore you with some of the details, uh, but very few quarterbacks have put together that type of stat line. Um, and there was so little trust in him that after, I believe it was his third interception, or maybe it was his second uh, pick six, uh, I think it was the second. The 49ers ran 13 straight running plays. Um, you know, it was just like, you know, we cannot trust him to, to put the ball in the air. And, and the score was like 28 to nothing. I mean, I mean, so it was just like, okay, we're not going to subject him to any more humiliation. So, I mean, just with the eye test, you could see he was out of whack and not right. Now, granted, uh, having a, a you know torn labrum in your non-throwing shoulder, you know, probably doesn't help matters. Uh, and then in week seven, he had the thumb injury. And then in week eight, he hurt his knee. And then in week nine, he'd been benched. So um, it just goes to, to the fact that, you know, Chip Kelly is, is being very supportive of Kaepernick. I think I was initially skeptical. Uh, you know, obviously, it doesn't help the 49ers' efforts to trade Kaepernick if Chip Kelly comes out and says, yeah, he's okay, or, you know, it's just kind of lukewarm about it. Um, you know, everyone on the, you know, talking about 49er, talking about Kaepernick from the 49ers, uh, you know, has to, you know, be praising him, um, you know, nothing else uh, to drive his trade value up. Uh, so I was skeptical of Chip Kelly's motivation um, in talking about Kaepernick. However, I've come to believe you know, he generally wants Kaepernick on the roster, and if nothing else, because, you know, he's another option. His only other quarterback on the roster that could potentially start is playing Gabbard. So um, he, would, he would probably uh, prefer to have four options as a start quarterback than fewer. And I think he generally looks at Kaepernick like any 
uh, offensive coach uh, and says, hey, there is plenty there that I can work with and, and I can fix. And, you know, it's not like even Alex Smith in 2011, uh, you know, you couldn't say, hey, this guy has been really successful in the NFL. Let's get him back to that level. I mean, he'd never done that. Kaepernick has. I mm-hmm. mean, he has had some, uh, you know, obviously great moments. He's had three road playoff wins. I mean, his first two years, his first, say, 23 starts, uh, he was phenomenal. So, you know, I truly believe uh, that Chip Kelly truly believes there's something to work with. I think he really does want him on the roster. However, even, you know, they've been, been in regular conversation, Chip Kelly and Kaepernick, throughout the offseason. Chip Kelly, had, you know, has praised him at, at every turn, every opportunity. Um, and yet, you know, it, it, how easy would it be if Kaepernick says, you know what, I want to give this a whirl. He's a good offensive mind. Uh, I believe in him. All he has to do is tell his agents, and his agents can convey it to the media, or Kaepernick could somehow, you know, obviously he's not one to go go out and, and speak publicly, but, you know, there's a way to get his message across that, hey, I do want to be with the 49ers. Let's forget this trade stuff, and, uh, you know, I, I want to see how my career, uh, you know, goes with Chip Kelly. So that hasn't happened. It would be very easy to do, and, uh, you know, my thinking and my belief is that Kaepernick still really does not want to be with the, the 49ers. So um, it comes down to are the 49ers really honestly going to pay him, you know, after his bonuses and whatnot, about $15 million if he's, you know, an unhappy camper. Um, and, you know, Chip Kelly in his past has, has done away with unhappy campers regardless of the talents that they are. So... Um, that's a very long answer, but I guess we're on a podcast, so that's okay, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can give as long an answer as you want. <laughs> Steph, would you like to give a long answer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I am a Kaepernick fan, and I know that he's definitely not, he does not want to be there. But I just really see him as if he's not given a choice. I don't think that he's going to (laughs) sabotage the season or do anything like that. He's still under contract. I think he'll honor what, you know, he's there to do. And hopefully it'll be a year season for him to either win out at quarterback or who knows. And if he doesn't win, I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's so obtuse to just say, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm going to sabotage the 49ers. I I think he's even humble enough to even ride the bench. I'm not saying he's going to be happy about it, but I I, I still kind of maintain my position that they have two quarterbacks under contract. And I just don't see, um, and you know, I, I see that that relationship is somewhat, you know, fractured, but I don't think Kaepernick will, from, I think he's going to compete for the job. I think it's in his nature, and I think he'll want it. I'm not saying he's not going to trust the 49ers or, you know, be that way, you know, you know, be super happy there, but I don't think – I think he'll try to make the best out of it there. That's just kind of what I think, and who knows. Just knowing what um, I know about him, I think he, he wants to win, and I think that he feels a little dejected based on the contract – um, that how it was proposed that it would be there to keep 
certain people people on the team so that they could win. And when that didn't happen, and they kind of threw him under the bus, I think he he did feel a little, you know, lied to. So if he can move forward, I think that perhaps there's something that they could do. And if not, I, but I know he's not going to probably rescind that trade request. And I, you know, and I don't blame him. But at the same time, I think he'll still be the type of person that will honor the contract and do his best and try to win. And if I had to guess today, I would say he will be on the roster yeah. next season. He will be one of the two quarterbacks. I just, I just at this point don't see a trade happening. Me neither. And I agree with Steph that he will work just as hard. And I know a lot of fans say if he doesn't want to be there, they should he should just go and. But that's not, I don't, you know, he's not going to, like Steph said, he's not going to sabotage the season. He's not going to, like, sit there with a pouty face and not go to practice. He'll work. He wants to win. And I think he'll want to prove that he deserves to be there. So, but if I were. I think he would even find, like, I think he would like to prove them wrong and get, hopefully, increase his value so that somebody would be willing to trade for him. And I think that's kind of what his mentality would be. Um, whether he does that or not, I can't say. You know, he had a you know a couple of rough seasons there, but I, that's just kind of my feeling on the subject. I think, I know that Colin Kaepernick thinks he's an NFL quarterback and he thinks he's going to be one of the best. And so I think if he's given an opportunity, even if he's not on the team that he want, wishes he were, I think he's still going to try his best and do what he can to prove everybody wrong. That's kind of his mo. Yes, I, <laughs> I would agree with that. And as you know, as a 49er fan, I'd love to see Cap work with Chip Kelly and see what comes of it. Because I think it could actually be a good partnership. Um, I think that Chip Kelly has that ability and so much of what's gone on with Cap, I think, is mental. And perhaps Chip Kelly is the type of coach that can help that. Eric, do you think do you think it's a good partnership? Do you think it would be a good coaching player possibility? Well, I'll say this. I, I think it's better than um, uh, a uh, Colin Kaepernick, Jeep Christ, uh, Jim Tunsil, Steve Logan production. Um, Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be upgrading uh, certainly since 2015. Um, I, I, I understand what y'all are saying, and I, I largely, well, I guess I largely agree. I, I still think he'd be traded. Uh, he's going to be traded to the Broncos. Um and I, I'll, I'll say there's a 60% chance of that happening, which, of course, is a number coming out of thin air, and this is largely guesswork. Uh, but I, if you just look at the Broncos, um, their quarterbacks right now, I don't think I'm breaking news, are Mark Sanchez and, and Trevor Simeon. I'm not even sure I've got his last name uh, pronounced correctly, but it was a seventh-round pick uh, last year, and he's never taken a, a regular season snap. Um, so... It's not like they have the number seven pick. They're picking number 31. Um, so they're probably, unless barring you know, a significant trade-up, they're not going to get uh, Wentz, Goff, or, or Paxton Lynch. So, I mean, you're talking about do they want to go, you know, as defending Super Bowl champs to still have a pretty salty defense and, and most of the other places, pieces still in place to be a very good team. Um, are they going to go into... 2015, or I'm sorry, 2016, week one, and say, um, who are we going to pick? Trevor, Simeon, Mark Sanchez, or Connor Cook? 
or Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I still have a hard time imagining that that's going to happen. And I think, you know, you have obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback leading that operation in John Elway. You've got a um, you know, former NFL quarterback and Gary Kubiak is the head coach and uh, you know, Kubiak's offense, which it was so ill suited for Peyton Manning because, you know, there's so much rollout and bootleg action and, you know, having a quarterback who can run and be on the move, um, is a huge asset. Um, and that's obviously one of Colin Kaepernick's strengths. So I still think it makes a, a heck of a lot of sense uh, for the Broncos to, to trade for, for Kaepernick. And I think, you know, deadlines for action, and there's no, you know, they don't have to give in, you know, to the 49ers' demands right now if that's a second round pick or whatever um, at this point. Um, so I think eventually uh, that will happen. 60% chance. 60%, okay. <laughs> I might. You know, I liked my answer, so I'm going to upgrade to 63. Uh, Ooh. I, I, I convinced myself further. Wow. You're, that is amazing when your answer for your question is so good to yourself that <laughs> <laughs> the odds increase. And I said before we talked, I had no ego, right? I mean, it was I, a good I, answer. I'm excited, excited about my answer. It actually was a good enough answer that I was thinking, oh, man, he's definitely getting traded. <laughs> So, so good job. You've you've convinced me. Well, you haven't convinced me, but you've certainly uh, you've given me food for thought. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very pleased with myself. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think it could get much better from here. So, <laughs> um, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Your thoughts really were thoughtful and. Um, really great and helpful, I think, to us and to the fans. And it was really a pleasure to have you on today. Yes, thank well, you. Again, thanks for including me. I saw the Grant Cohn was last week, and that was a big kind of a headline grabber. So uh, obviously, I, I, I was not happy about having to you know follow that up. Uh, but you know, and there was not the friction between Steph and myself. But anyway, uh, I'm glad it all worked out. And we could do this. One of these days, we're going to have Balky and Harbaugh. <laughs> Bring in people together. That'll be a headline grammar. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Seth. Thank you, Eric. Um, everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. Go Niners. All right. Uh, happy Easter, y'all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.